Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Retention. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bass. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? I'm actually very excited. Very excited. Why is that? Uh, because I'm going to Toronto. Uh, to oh. the Toronto International Film Festival for the, for the first time. It's very exciting. Uh, yeah, I, I found out I got accredited yesterday. I don't know. I, I, a part of me feels like I should be like... Uh, I, I, I like uh, not overly doing a, a goal or touchdown celebration here. I should mm-hmm. be like act like you've been there, but I haven't been there, and I'm really yeah. excited. Um, yeah, yeah battleship so, retention, opening doors, building bridges between us and you know our northern friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'll be seeing our friend Jeremy. Uh, um, how many Canadians do we have on the podcast? Jeremy, Nick. Um, that's, probably, probably, that's quite enough for me. <laughs> There's probably some of the Canadians who have been on the podcast. That's, I mean, considering how many comedians, comedians we've had, it feels like there have probably been a few others. Yeah, yeah. Just had uh, Canada Day. Uh, oh, really? July 1st is Canada Day. Oh, all right. All right. Any particular reason why? Uh, I'm sure there is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Canadians, feel free to weigh in. So yeah, uh, I'll, uh, I'm uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to bringing, uh, looking forward to bringing Battleship Retention that sweet, sweet coverage. Yeah, because we've been kind of starved. Because LA Film Fest, and I love LA Film Fest. Yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, hats off to Film Independent and to our friend Matt Warren who worked mm-hmm. for Film Independent. Uh, but they moved the festival to September. Yeah. And Sundance isn't doing Next Fest this year, so our summer festival coverage is bone dry. We're like. Between TCM and now Toronto, we have no festivals on the site. I'll see if I can find something, and I'll and I'll I'll, I'll go to Outfest started today. All right, let's do it. All right. Um, anyway, that's what's going on. Uh, let's pay some bills. Absolutely. So this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $8.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. All right, so rounding out my little recommendation miniseries uh-huh. is Robert Hamer's Kind Hearts and Coronets, uh, okay. which is uh, yet another... Uh, uh, Ealing comedy, I, I believe, starring um, Alec Guinness in eight different roles. Uh, it's it's a very pleasant film, but very dark because it involves mass mur- uh, mass murder. But of course, it's done with just it's so cheerful mm-hmm. and so. Look, I don't mean to offend people, but the only way I can describe it is British. It's very British in a lot of ways, um, but it is a, a really it's a lot of fun. And um, seeing Alec Guinness be silly uh, is a lot of fun. You know, uh, for people our age, we first saw we probably saw Alec Guinness first as Obi Wan Kenobi, not the silliest of characters. Then we probably saw him as Colonel Nicholson once again, not that. And then maybe we saw him in like the David Lean uh, uh, Dickens adaptations. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at these Ealing comedies and you see how how silly and goofy and delightful he can be, genuine uh, class, genuine class, absolutely. And Jeremy's iron. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so kind of hearts and cornets. It's just one of uh, many uh, Allegheny's Ealing comedies that are available uh, on Mubi. And then also available as a film I've not seen, but I was excited to see that it was there, so I'm going to try and uh, watch it this weekend, is uh, Jean-Pierre Genet's Delicatessen, which uh, I know some people love it, some people do not care for it, uh, (laughs) but one thing that is sure is it's definitely the 
the movie that really put him on the map. Yeah. I mean, I think he had done some stuff before that, but I know that the well, the yeah. concept like really struck people. And this is still Jean-Pierre Jeunet and Mark Caro, right? They made that yeah, one I, and uh, City of Lost Children together, Yes, I right? believe so, yes. And then he broke off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, it's worth watching. I'm in the latter camp of not being a big fan of yeah. Delicatessen. Tell you what, I will watch it, and I will let you know if you are right or wrong. Uh-huh. Okay. So, you're welcome in advance. But anyway, so, uh, so Kind Hearts and Coronets and Delicatessen are just two of the 30 movies available right now over at Mubi. And there's a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com. That's M-U-B-I.com slash Battleship to redeem now. Or go to BattleshipPretension.com and click on the Mubi ad on the left-hand side of the page. And I want to tell you about TweakedAudio.com, which is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Today, I was using my TweakedAudio.com earbud to listen to uh, two new tracks from Childish Gambino. Okay. Um, I know is... I don't know. I don't. I. I'm so hesitant to be the contrarian because like Donald Glover is awesome and obviously he's great in Solo. Atlanta is maybe the best show, close to the best show on TV right now. It's no Glow, but it's up there. Oh, um, I haven't watched Glow yet. Damn. Uh, um, uh, I've never quite like quite gotten on board with the Childish Gambino thing, and so I feel bad saying that because it's like, you know, this is Donald Glover season right now. But I do yeah. feel bad saying like hey, I listen to his new songs. They're fine, I guess. I do think I instinctively, and maybe this is shitty of me, but because I think of him as a comedic performer, certainly that's uh-huh. where he came out of. And then like, oh no, he want, but he wants to be a musician as well. Well, of course, we've been trained to know that when an actor or or a non musical performer does this. Now, of course, he was doing it at the same time as everything yeah. else. Uh, Immediately, I just think like, oh boy, this feels like it's going to be indulgent. Especially, it's like, are these songs funny? Oh, they're not. They're very serious. Ah, shit. Uh-huh. Uh, but by all accounts, I mean, his first stuff when he was like, like rapping, rapping mm-hmm. was it wasn't great, but it had a sense of humor yeah. to it. And then, honestly, then in the last album, the one that had like that was in the the song that opens Get Out. I forget the name of the album, mm. uh, but uh, Redbone and stuff. That one's I think really good when he's not rapping. But yeah. even this is America, like everyone likes it. I understand the video is like the video. Pretty, I think is why people like it so yeah, much. Yeah, I haven't watched it because I don't watch music videos as uh, a rule. Um, but uh, but even that, I don't love that much. We'll um, come back to that mu- music video thing. Yeah, let me wrap up the, the yeah. thing. Um, Tweakedaudio.com. Uh, yeah, so it, it, however I feel about Childish Gambino's music, trust that it sounded great yeah. in my Tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Look, here's there. If it's going to be, like, you gave it a, your best shot because you, it's not going to sound better than coming through those earbuds. So, like, if you don't like it, it's not because you were listening on bad earbuds. Like, it sounds as good as it's going to sound, and it still is just absolute shit. <laughs> uh, well, these these earbuds, which are not absolute shit at all, right. um, they're available at a low, low price at, at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, 
accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Before we get into it, did you want to ask me about the music video thing? Because well, I, I have never said it because I do feel bad about it. Right. Well, and also I think it's something that uh, I feel like our guest would be interested in chiming in on okay. uh, in regards to music videos and your lack of them. Okay, well, uh, our guest, I'm so, I, you know, we have guests sometimes, and I say, I'm very excited to have this guest, I'm very excited this person could join me. You know, that's what you say, right? Yeah. I am- Anytime you talk about Stephen Tobolowsky, <laughs> you have to fight through a yawn. <laughs> it's a good thing that this is a, an audio podcast. Yeah. You're like, oh, Lorraine Newman, I guess, is all right. Yeah, but no, in all honesty, I am very excited to have this guest on because I have been uh, friends with her. Um, she has been a highlight of uh, Comic-Cons and Sundances for me for years. And because of our rule of not doing Skype or, you know, only doing in-person podcasts, we've never been able to have her on the show. But now she's a full-on Angelino. Uh, oh, oh, uh, I won't say too much. A West Hollywoodian. I'm not going to give any uh, specifics as to your location. Uh, but from Matchable.com, it's Angie Han. Why don't you like music videos? Okay, I don't dislike music videos. This is a stupid, stubborn thing with me that goes all the way back to being a kid. And when I say I don't watch music videos, I have seen music videos. I probably haven't watched one. The last one I watched was, I don't know, probably one of those OK Go ones because they're fun because they do fun stuff or whatever. Um, But so as a kid... I I didn't grow up with cable. I didn't have cable, so I never saw music videos. I like watched like listen to music on the radio, and um, I when I came when it when it started to dawn on me how much other kids at school associated the songs that I liked with the videos. Yes, it it rubbed me the wrong way as a kid. I'm like, no, that's not the song. Like you're that's like. That's like saying you like Kit Kats when you just like Kit Kat commercials, <laughs> which is not true. Like, because <laughs> music exactly. videos are an art form. Yeah. But that's how I felt as a kid. And it has sort of, it has sort of stuck with me. And also, I don't have time. I like to listen to music while I'm doing other stuff. I don't like to sit and watch music videos. So, um, it's yes, nuts. and I haven't watched This Is America. The one that's really, I think, that I've never come out and admitted to anyone, uh, and even Tyler has beat me to this one. I never watched Lemonade. <gasps> I, I was going to ask. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I should watch it. I, I know. watched it as a function of a class I was in. But I hear it's great. It, it is. I mean, uh, and and This Is America is a really great video as well. But well, it's, I, it's, I also um, have heard this is, a, this is America video is violent and upsetting, and that has kind of turned me off. Yeah. Because there was also that, um, was it an MIA video that was like seven and a half minutes long that was all like redhead kids getting shot? Do you remember that one? I do not recall that. It was like, I never watched it, but it was like a racism parable, but it was like instead of right. racist, it was like everyone turns against redheads, and it was like all these redheaded kids getting shot. I didn't watch it. My wife watched it, said it was very upsetting. I'm not, probably not ever going to watch that one. Yeah, my wife's a redhead. I think I'm going <laughs> to have that one. But um, uh, it is strange how how on board with you I am, like uh-huh. even as a kid. Now, I still, I did not steer away from music videos, but as a kid, I was just like, why do these exist? Like, music is is purely audio. That is why. That is how we enjoy it. Why did we decide that this is a thing we oh, want to do? There's a fascinating history going back okay. way longer than you would think. Oh, I have no doubt of that. Yeah, going back to like the 40s. But I just I find myself wondering like why that was seen as necessary, and to the point that I remember at the time, uh, not that, like 
that MTV had like the Video Music Awards and then their regular music awards and that the Video Music Awards were considered a bigger deal because of course it was MTV and that's what yeah. they did. But uh, yeah, it just, uh, it didn't keep me from watching them, but I don't think, they, and it probably still is hanging on now. There's a little bit of like, this doesn't feel necessary to me. Right. Even though it's, many of them are, are quite beautiful. Yeah. Angie, what are Angie, your, your you, you like music videos, huh? I also didn't have cable growing up, so I, I call BS on that excuse. <laughs> but um, you weren't as bitter a person as I am, apparently. No. So admittedly, I think maybe one reason why I'm not as, like, you know, purist about music being an audio-only experience is that I'm also just not that into music, which I feel like is a strange thing to say because weird. everyone yeah. is obsessed with music, but I, but me, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess maybe that's why. But I love watching music videos. Like, the audio... The like having audio is great, but like if I can also watch a little little mini movie while it's going on, that's even better. <laughs> I yeah. If I, I I'll, if I someone tells me a video is good, once I know the song well enough, I'll watch it. I just am very resistant to the idea of the song being associated with the video in my head. I that will. bothers me. Oh, I was gonna say. I mean, I will say that that's definitely a thing. Like, I feel like, especially when I first, I started watching music videos when I finally got cable, which was when I was like after, like you know, in college. Um, and then once I started seeing them together, it does become hard to separate to the point where if if I learn a song by watching a music video, this happens less now, but like when I was younger, if I watch this, if I learned a song by watching a music video and then I just heard the song, it would feel kind of incomplete. So you're you're not wrong, but I don't know. I still I enjoy watching people dance and do crazy things yeah and i do think that i mean when people talk about this is america even when they are talking about the song in my experience they find themselves talking about the video right. like the two happened at the same time they're introduced at the same time and it is a hell of a video and a perfectly fine song <laughs> uh that is that is definitely elevated i have no doubt that there are there are songs that we talk about now that we wouldn't, and I would say shouldn't, uh, but because the video was interesting in some oh. way. You, can you think of an example? I can't, unfortunately. Hmm. I think it's arguable. Smack uh, my bitch up, maybe. That's a that's a great example. Yeah, like I mean, admittedly, the the song is. I'm sure there are some people that think it's amazing. I actually do like that song. I'm sure you do. <laughs> but that's the, I've but, always liked the Prodigy or Prodigy. Well, but, that's, but would 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 the song be what it is? No, if yeah, not for no, that video. No. But, like, is it inherently an inferior way to enjoy music if you're also watching something? I feel, I guess, I feel like it becomes, a, it's a different art form. So you just, just decided to cut this entire art form out of your life because you I didn't have of, it yeah, as a kid. It doesn't mean I disapprove of it. It is a personal choice of mine, mm -hmm. but I don't disapprove of it. I did when I was younger. I was, like, stuck up about it. But now I, like, I know, uh, in fact, we've actually talked about doing a, an episode on music videos. We'd have to have someone who knows what they're talking about <laughs> yeah. as a guest. Because in fact, we, maybe they should just host the show and we'll leave. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm not, there's no judgment. It is just a personal choice of mine that I don't, as, as a general rule, I don't watch music videos. I'm not going to be a prig about it. If, if someone, if my wife is like, you should watch this, I'm, sure. I'm not going to be a dick. Here's, uh, here's an example for me of not, not a song that's necessarily bad, but me connecting the two so much. Uh, and that is meatloaf's I would do anything for love. Never seen the video. Okay. Perfectly fine song. It's a standard meatloaf. Song. I loved it when I was young. Yeah. It's, it, it kind of has a nice rocking quality to it, but still that ballad, like yeah. I said, standard meatloaf song. Um, 
but this, the video is kind of vaguely Beauty and the Beast themed, like not okay. the Disney one, uh, like where he is in some kind of makeup. He's still undeniably like it's still him. It's mostly like a forehead type thing, and yeah. he's in this old abandoned mansion. But he's not the dashing handsome meatloaf we can exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, svelte. Um, but anyway, and so uh, so if you like, I reckon there's nothing in the song about Beauty and the Beast. Uh-huh. But if you were to ask me, like, oh, that song by Meatloaf, what's it about? I was like, ah, that's like a Beauty and the Beast. Oh, shit, no, it isn't. <laughs> it, isn't it isn't at all. Like, And and that song, that video became very uh, associated with, with the song to, and was played over and over again, specifically on VH1. And, uh, and so, yeah, for me, the two... Like, the song is... I, Tainted makes it sound negative, mm-hmm. but there's definitely an association with it because of the video but do you feel that way when for example a pop song is used in a movie sometimes yeah that's actually an episode we've talked about yeah uh, or actually i think um josh long our friend Mm -hmm. friend of the show and friend of your other podcast Mm -hmm. uh really wants to do that episode okay um (laughs) we were talking about it at a uh, at his part, you were there, but you weren't at, in the conversation. Yes, yes. Uh, you guys specifically said, "Do not come into this conversation." <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a, an episode I've always wanted to do. Uh, yeah, is songs that I associate with uh, with movies, or I think Josh's specific idea was bands or songs you've learned about because they were in movies. Oh, sure. Uh, which would be fun. All right, so. Okay, you got more to say? We can just talk. Sorry, we yeah. have a topic, but we don't, none of us cares about yeah, it, so sorry we about can that. just talk about whatever yeah, we want. I'm not even going to be there. I can do what I yeah. want. I love spending an entire podcast talking about stuff, about future podcasts you're going to do without me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can be there if you want. Um, somebody needs to talk about this stuff, but uh, I do think that I do. there are songs that I will always associate with movies if they are used very prominently in movies, but I do think it's a little bit different because, like, a video is is done where the artist probably has a lot of input into the visual realization of their song, whereas with a movie, like somebody just bought the rights to the song and then is using it, and then the director is using it however they are. Uh, like I don't, I won't necessarily, for lack of a better term, blame the the musical artist for that. Right. Right. But anyway, okay, enough of this. I'm sorry. Angie, how you doing? Yes, let's uh let's get to know Angie. Um <laughs> Oh no. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to ask quite the questions I ask everyone uh even though this at this point I know the answer. Um where are you from? Uh well, I lived in New York for the past 12 years, so I'm going to say New York. Really? That's not where you're from. I grew grew up up? in Southern California, not in L.A., but I've lived on the East Coast my entire adult life. I was in New York for 12 years. I'm sorry, you're not going to get me to renounce my New Yorker-ness. I'm not trying to, but I also don't want you to renounce New York, because I wouldn't want unintentionally, like an unexpectedly contentious question now. I I feel like you're getting unnecessarily defensive. (laughs) Um, No, because I wouldn't want someone to deny me, like calling myself an Angelino because I've been here 13 years but if someone says where are you from I'm going to say Missouri because that's the answer to the question so yes you're from the Southland I'm from the suburbs of Southern California uh-huh. and yeah. then I moved to the East Coast and I lived in New York for the past but, 12 your years your team like this is some kind of gotcha question I just yeah. wanted to know where you grew up <laughs> uh, according to our files <laughs> well if you wanted to know where I grew up you should have said Angie where did you grow up 
Uh, oh, interesting. Right, Different maybe question. That's what maybe that's what I'll say from now on instead of where are you from, even though everyone else seems to know what I mean by it. <laughs> <laughs> this, it's going to be t- some tough sledding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, how did you come to be a movie person? Like, uh, like what's your history with movies? When did you when did you fall in love with movies, or do you hate movies? As you were being raised <laughs> in the five boroughs, yeah, you know, uh, at age yeah. age zero to present, yeah, you walking know. down to the bodega to get your mom some <laughs> exactly. cigarettes, playing stickball uh, with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> is this what you guys think New York is? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, lots of stickball over there, I guess. Um, Yes. In that alley where you can see the Brooklyn Bridge from Once Upon a Time in America. That's where every New Yorker grew up is on that that alley, right? All right. You're you're making me regret saying that I was from New York, so mission accomplished. Good job. (laughs) Uh, Uh, So do you like movies? They're okay. Yeah. They're pretty good sometimes. Sometimes they're pretty bad. Um, I don't know that there was, I don't know, I don't have like a very exciting, dramatic, cinematic story about like the first time I saw a movie and fell in love or something. Right. Um, and when I was growing up, my family didn't watch a lot of movies, so it wasn't a thing. And I think it's probably around college where I started to get really interested in it. But I also but I also remember like even before I was actually able to be into movies or like kind of sentient enough to decide that this was a thing I wanted to try to be into. Just always being interested and intrigued by pop culture, like just always being like, oh, what is that about? Like, what, what what's going on there? I don't know. It just it sounds silly to say, but it's one of those things where it never occurred to me that anyone would not be curious or intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't like music. Yeah, music was one that I, for a long time when I was growing up, I thought that I was into it because you kind of had to be because everyone was listening to it. And then at some point in adulthood, I was like, you know what? I don't think I care that much about music. I don't, I'd still listen to it sometimes. Yeah. I'm not like mad at it, but uh, it's just not my, I, I guess it's it's just not something I, I'm specifically passionate about. Do this, you? This Mozart's pretty good, but it's no room tone. <laughs> well, let me ask you this because you are, you, you write for a living. Do you listen to anything while you write? I do listen to stuff while I write sometimes, but because I write for a living, I cannot listen to anything that has words in it because I find it extremely distracting if I'm reading or writing, which is like most of my job. So what I end up listening to a lot is movie scores. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like to, if I'm writing a review and the score of the movie that I'm writing the review yes. for is available, I will definitely do that. Really? That's always, I love that. That's, that's always fun. That's interesting. I don't think I could do that, partially because some scores work really well mm-hmm. just on their own. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a, a nice piece. And then there are some where there will be, like, this huge sting. It's like, okay, something clearly happened there, but I'm not seeing it right now, so this <laughs> is just distracting me. Yeah. I can kind of tune it out, but there are definitely some scores that at least in my experience for me personally work better as like stuff that I want to listen to while I'm trying to work mm-hmm. versus other ones like Mad Max Fury Road. Great score. Love the music. Can't listen to it while I'm working. There's just too much like, you know, yeah. going on, like you said, unless so you, it's very distracting. Unless emptying the dishwasher wants to be, you, you want it to be like really intense. Right. <laughs> it's going to be, I'm going to wash the spoon and it's going to be <laughs> epic. Yes. Um, where uh, I feel like, you know, if it's something kind of like slow or sad, that's also maybe not good for me for working because I'm, you know, I need something to keep my energy up. Yeah. So like, for example, uh, like the Mission Impossible soundtracks, they work great for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the James Bond ones really like anything that's kind of like that level of kind of exciting and actiony. Yeah. Not exclusively those, but those are ones that I turn to quite a bit. So. 
then, uh, so you grew up and lived most of your life in Southern California. Uh, <laughs> and then you moved to the East Coast and you uh, became, uh, what, you, uh, you, you you slam on the hood of the taxi and you say, I'm walking, I'm walking here, here, that yeah, sort of thing. Um, <laughs> uh, Avoiding uh, that giant ape on the Empire State Building. Yeah. Now, and you've been out here like a couple months now. Am I allowed now? to curse on this podcast? Oh, yeah, by all means. All right. Um, I'm from fucking Southern California, okay? <laughs> um, but now that you've moved to this new land of Los Angeles uh, for a couple months, right? Right? Uh, I've been here about two and a half months. Yeah, two and a half months. In that time, how many times have you complained about not being able to find a good slice of pizza or a bagel? Uh, I tried to eat a bagel once. <laughs> it was very disappointing. I don't know that I'll be trying it again until I'll get desperate. But I purposely have mostly avoided pizza. Okay. And it's not that like every slice of pizza you get in New York is good. Um, and I'm yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a reasonable person. I know that part of it is that now I've like now that I haven't had pizza in New York in a few months, I've like like pumped up how good it actually is and now right. nothing will live up to it. But yeah, like because of that I'm like I'm just I just I can't right now. I can't I can't bring myself to do it yet. It's a it's not just a New York thing. It's a because there are so many people who move to Los Angeles because they have to for the like industry that they're pursuing that there are always people complaining about how they can't find whatever they liked back home in Los Angeles and I'm just like I just want to be like Eat a fucking taco. That's what we're here. Like, the tacos are good. Yeah, have yeah. Tacos. But also, I went to New York and I had tacos there. They were fine. I didn't like. <laughs> I didn't stomp around. This is the thing Watch that I said here before about New York and about San Francisco. Oh boy. Okay. Angelinos love New York and love San Francisco. They hate us, but it's because they are insecure and they have chips on their shoulders. And I'm from fucking New York again. How dare you? Secretly jealous that we live out here where it's fucking nice all the time. I have not encountered that with New Yorkers. San Francisco I have seen, yes. But uh, I've not... No, it's secret jealousy. That's what it okay, is. Okay, I don't know if it's... Because, because if... We don't have any problem. Angelinos are happy all the time about like, oh yeah, we love going there. We love going there. I never hear Angelinos talk shit about New York or San Francisco. It's because New York is better. Uh, <laughs> um, New York. It is. It is true that New Yorkers, I don't think, tend to like LA very much. You hear a lot of like, it's not a real city because it's not a city in the sense that we're used to New York being a city. Uh, you know, LA is a lot more spread out. It feels more suburban in comparison and things like that. So you hear that a lot. And I do remember like, you know, being a person from California who was living in New York and there would be a lot of like people are like, where did you grow up? Not where you're from, because that's a dumb question. Where did you grow up? <laughs> and then I'd and be like, you'd say, I'd uh, say I'm from California and they'd say, oh, where? Say, and I, <laughs> right? <laughs> Hey, like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Go Mets. This is actually offensive to New Yorkers. Um, but yeah, when I tell people I'm from L.A. a lot, like I remember, especially when I first moved to New York, a lot of people being like, oh, yeah, I don't like L.A. And like some of the people who said that would be like, you know, I've, I've never been there. I just don't think I'd like it. And I'd be like, well, fuck off. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Los Angeles is not a city the way that New York or Chicago is. Um, because it's not uh, constantly announcing to you to it to to you that it's a city. Los Angeles doesn't care what you think of it. Los Angeles is hard to love, and that makes it more worth loving 
Once Los Angeles, the city of Hollywood and movie stars and actors doesn't yeah. care what you think of it. Yeah, that's okay. an outsider's point of view. Mm-hmm. That is a small, most of us, I mean, I do, but most of us Angelinos don't work in the, in, in the entertainment industry. New Yorkers famously don't care about anything. Have you ever seen like someone on the subway doing something crazy and then everyone else is pretending like they can't see it? That's the best thing about New York. That happens here too, because you know what? We also use the subway. That's another uh, annoying, this is coming up on uh, almost consecutive episodes. We talked about it a couple weeks ago with Camille. Uh, annoying stereotype is that uh, Angelinos don't take public transit. Our buses and trains are always fucking full. It's it's crazy how full they are. We're building new train lines all the time. People take public transit here. As someone who does regularly, uh, it annoys me that that's a stereotype. Is the city of LA one of your sponsors? <laughs> Uh, no, but it's a the place board, that I the love. Board of tourism. And it's a place, <laughs> yeah, if you ask me where I'm from, uh, <laughs> I'm say uh, I'm going to say what's the stereotype? Uh, uh, I'm going to say like like the valley, right? Yeah, sure. That's that's the version of. So uh, here's here's what I say, having lived a number of places at this point. Every place is great and terrible. Yeah. All right. Every place, with the exception of where I am from which is Taft, California, which has nothing going for it, really, at all. I think you get out of a place what you put into it. Uh, And Los Angeles, maybe because of the spread out thing, um, and also, honestly, because... Uh, I've never lived in New York, but having lived in Chicago, Los Angeles is a difficult place to be broke. I've been broke in both pla- New York, in both Los Angeles and Chicago, and uh, it sucks being broke here. But... Um, you do have to put a lot into Los Angeles to learn to like it, because Los Angeles... Uh, does not reach out and tell you uh, that the city accepts you. Whereas a city full of pedestrians like New York or Chicago, as soon as you step off the plane or whatever, you're swept up in the current of the city. Mm -hmm. Um, Like in Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Whereas Los Angeles is hard to find. You have to tap it like an aquifer. Um, Is this like when someone calls something an acquired taste, but it's because it's actually shitty? Uh, n- no, because most things that are an acquired taste are worth acquiring. Whiskey, cigarettes. <laughs> I like those right away. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Uh, I, oh, man, I threw up the first time I smoked. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, I was in eighth grade, hmm. um, like that movie you guys saw. Um, <laughs> does she? I didn't see the movie yet. Does, does she smoke a cigarette and puke in the woods? In no, the movie? I don't think so. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I remember the first time my dad let me try a sip of his beer. I was like, what? Why are you and all my uncles so nuts about this stuff? This tastes awful. Uh, and then you grow to acquire uh, a taste for it, right? I'm or sorry. I'm just being... I'm just a desperate need for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being cranky because I'm new here, and you're making me renounce my... You mean you're new here to Los Angeles where you had never stepped right. foot before? Right. <laughs> you, you miss <laughs> your place of birth... <laughs> Which is Long Island, of course. <laughs> yeah. You and Fran Drescher. Okay, technically I was born in New Jersey. Oh, so, see, that's yeah. great. You should have said that to begin with. Oh, my God. I'm gonna, next, time I, next time I come here, I will come armed with like a long list of every address I've ever lived at, sure, like your yeah. uh, an apartment I'm trying to rent. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to need like uh, uh, gas bills. <laughs> References. Um, yeah. Uh, New Jersey. See, now I've never been in New Jersey. Uh, I don't think you need to. I don't know. It seems like a cool place. It's a I, garden state. Yep. It seems like a beautiful place, right? Sure. I'm sure it's just full of gardens. <laughs> and pine barrens. Sure. I just like how the big apple animals. is full of apples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, 
California. Well, California is the golden state and it was full of gold. That's true. Right. Not full. A lot of people did not successfully get out of the get a lot of gold out of the gold rush. So full is a stretch. All right. Fair well, enough. Also, that was late. northern California. Uh, well, maybe there's an untapped. Uh, <laughs> you know what I say? I mean, Every, Hollywood sign. Everything coming out of Hollywood, pure gold. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's enough getting to know, contentiously getting to know Angie or telling Angie who she is. Yeah. Uh, Angie, I feel like I should apologize uh, on behalf of David. I was fine. But on behalf of you David, were a gentleman. I'm, I'm so sorry that you were treated poorly. Your first time being okay. on Battleship Pretension. Thank okay. you. This is what I've been putting up with for all these years. Okay, I okay. <laughs> let me tell you one of the first things that Angie ever said to me. Okay? We had met, I think, through uh, Ryan Gallagher of the Criterion cast. I think you knew him first, right? And we met at Comic-Con. And it was the final night of Comic-Con. And it was the first time I was really... Like, I would met you earlier in the con, but it was like... Uh, uh, the first time I was actually having a conversation with you in the middle of the conversation, because at this point it's like 11 o'clock at night, you looked down and you said, you're still wearing your badge, you fucking dork? <laughs> <laughs> so I feel All like right. you maybe set the tone for <laughs> our friendship. And then you not only chose to stay friends with me, but called me a highlight of your Comic-Cons and Sundances. So yeah. what does that say about you? Uh, that I like a challenge, I guess. <laughs> uh, All right. Speaking of Comic-Con, how about that? Oh. We got there. Well done. Uh, Yeah, eventually. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. Uh, We're talking about this year's, the 2018 Comic-Con. This will be my 13th Comic-Con, although it's the first time since 2008 that I won't be there the entire time. Um, I'm a little bit less excited than I used to be. If you had told me back in 2008, 2009 that there would ever be a time that I would be like, it would be a week before Comic-Con, and I'd be like, oh, right, I guess I'm doing that. <laughs> like, Because yeah. I, I wouldn't have believed you, because there was a time in the early 2010s where, like, starting in early June, I was like, it's fucking Comic-Con season. Yeah. I can't wait. I used to love it so much. Uh, I still have a fun time there, but um, uh, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little skeptical about how this year's going to go. What's Angie, your, your, Angie, your thoughts. Why, yeah, does, why does David hate Comic-Con? No, so what, what are your thoughts on how has your relationship to Comic-Con changed? How is my relation to... Well, this year will be my eighth year going as press, and then there was, like, one year, a few years before that that I went for fun. Um, And... I mean, the first time I went, it was overwhelming. The second time I went, I started to like it more because I knew what I was doing. I I think you're right that this year I'm not as excited. I think part of that is Comic-Con itself, and part of that is that now that I'm not traveling from New York to here, the trip itself is just not as big of a deal. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Um, and what are you are you looking? Is there anything you are looking forward to seeing at Comic Con this year? Because there, uh, the, the in, in terms of panels, we've got um, well, we've got no Disney, which isn't a surprise because Disney doesn't really go anymore. I guess they uh, they go like last year they went to um, like last year Marvel was there, yeah, and no, the I, year I, before like Star Wars. I mean, was there. not Marvel. I'm talking about Disney. Oh, okay. That's like, been like a Disney panel since they had like the. The, the 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 James Franco Oz movie, which I've forgotten the name of. Oz, Oz the Great and Powerful. powerful. Uh, there might have been one after that, but there, like there hasn't been an, a, a a Disney panel in forever because they have D twenty three or whatever, and they like mm. control their own stuff. Mar- but Marvel, as a separate thing, also isn't going this year in terms of in terms of Hall H. There's actually a lot of Marvel panels this year related to the movies because it's a ten year anniversary. Oh, yeah. Of Iron Man, so they're having a lot of small panels looking about uh, looking back at the ten year 
the 10 years. But yeah, it does seem like in terms of events, the main, some of the mainstays aren't there. Yeah, I mean, like, Marvel's always... It, it's it's such a, like, a boring answer, but they really are always, like, one of the highlights of Comic-Con. Like, they always know how to put on a good show. Like, even if you don't think you're that excited, like, they know how to get you excited. Yeah. And it's always been... And they generally have, I think, what is the Saturday night slot in yeah. Hall H, so it's always, like, a really good time that I always look forward to, and this year they're not there. So it does seem a little bit different. Um, like, I was, I was looking at the schedule, and I, I feel like there was a time when you could just expect that, like, every major studio that had, like, one of those big blockbusters coming out, like, that all of them would be there. And it seems like that time has passed. I know everyone's been saying, like, oh, Comic-Con is over for a few years, but this was the first year that I looked at the schedule, and I'm like, yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, I mean, you've got... I mean, not, like, over, over. I'm sure there'll still be, like, fun stuff to do and fun stuff to see and whatnot, but it does... You, you do see, like, this is the first year I've been like, yes, this is, like, a market kind of... Uh, yeah down but maybe, yeah. maybe that's a good thing that's what I was oh it's not say necessarily a bad thing it, it could make it more fun yeah. Um, but yeah you've, the big thing I mean Warner Brothers will be there Saturday morning like they always are in all age um, so I'm sure they'll have I don't know Aquaman stuff or whatever oh, they yeah. have uh, coming out that'll be exciting mm-hmm. um, but yeah other than that I mean you've got like um in terms of movies, like, Hall H has been so taken over by TV at this point. You've got, like, Better Call Saul and Doctor Who. I am Who excited for uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. It, does, it also seems like there's more video games at Comic-Con this year. Have you guys mm-hmm. also noticed that, or is it just me? No, I don't think I... You know, I kind of... When I went to look at the, the schedule, I kind of just, like, clicked movie like I only looked at the movie yeah. stuff oh I liked that the whole sketch I don't cover video games or really right. know that much about them but it did it, 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 that was just something that I don't know maybe I'm wrong maybe I just didn't really notice it before or something like that but when I was looking at it I was like it seems like there there's like movies are a little bit less TV is maybe the same or a little bit less but there seems to be more games than usual Maybe I, I, I don't I have know. Nothing to say about that. I, I mean, it, if that's I true, I'm not surprised. Like, I mean, it, it's something that I checked out on video games a very long time ago with my Super Nintendo. Uh, I, I didn't even get that far. Yeah, it's you're not missing much. Um, that's not true. I had an Xbox. Oh, um, that my ex girlfriend bought. I think I still have it, unless I have thought to clean up my closet and throw it away because it sure. doesn't work anymore but I had an Xbox specifically my, my girlfriend bought an Xbox my ex-girlfriend um, bought an Xbox specifically to play Dance Dance Revolution which I then became obsessed with uh, to the point where I don't know if you guys ever played Dance Dance Revolution if you dance long enough the game will say like hey you need to take a break <laughs> like you might this might be bad for your health you're probably like oh your it's heart like rate is it's like, like when you're binging something on netflix and it's like are you still watching <laughs> yeah. would you like us to call 911 <laughs> um yeah it's uh but it's it's a, a standard thing uh that has been said the last several years is just how much the video game industry outsells movies by a wide wide margin mm-hmm. uh and so and because games have become so one could say cinematic that uh that yeah it stands to reason that you know if comic-con started with comic books and then became then you've got movies and tv and I would say the next big thing. It's not like video games are new, but that no, definitely I think that makes is. sense. Yeah. But in terms of uh, in terms of Hall H, it could be interesting because we've seen. You know, it used to be maybe uh, seven years ago or so. There was almost no TV in Hall H. Mm-hmm. Hall H wasn't even open on Sundays, which now Sundays is all TV in Hall H. Mm. Uh, but like things like Game of Thrones were in Ballroom Twenty, which is the next biggest room. Um, and now we've seen like if you look at the Hall H schedule, which I have 
pulled up, it's more TV than movies at this point. So do you think at a certain point video games will be in Hall H? Um, I think what we'll need to answer my own question is I think we'll need to get to a point where there's more name talent in terms of voice acting in video games yeah. for them to have something to show, to, some people to bring. You yeah. Know? But I can see that happening, right? Yeah, you need to, because that's, I mean, I guess it makes sense that it wasn't that long ago that actors from movies started getting into TV. And I remember my friends and I were just like, oh, like, yeah. Oh, Glenn Close damages. Yeah. That's a, like it stopped being a thing like, oh boy, I thought they were doing better than this. Right. You know, yeah. It became a thing where like, oh wait, Alec Baldwin is now not merely on like Saturday Night Live, but he is now the lead of a TV show with 30 Rock. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I guess this is a thing that happens now. Um, I think Tina Fey is the lead of 30 Rock. It's their co-leads. But the point is like he started, uh, I would say he's more notable uh, more famous. More famous. Yeah. So but it was. It was a bigger deal. Jack Donaghy is the lead. A co-lead. I think it's a. I think you have you two leads. Two hander. Yeah, and I think everybody else is. A, I think. I think I if, if you can only hander. name one lead, I would say it's Tina Fey. But if. Sure. But I can see there. Are, like, there's a lot of shows like that. Like Mad Men, for example. Everyone's like John Hamm's a lead, but you could make a really good argument for, um, you know, uh, Elizabeth Moss being the lead mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And yet, if you had to pick like one image to represent, like, what is this? What is this show? I'm gonna, you know, yeah. a photo of one character to like represent the entire show. It would probably be John Hamm. Yeah, and I and I not on like a philosophical sense, just in like a branding sense. Yeah, and I think so much. Yes, I mean uh, Liz Lemon and Jack Donaghy both have their separate stories. But a big part of that show was their friendship and the fact that it never actually became a romantic thing and that they saw themselves as as equals. Um, And so, yeah, I definitely think that they are co-leads. Certainly the Emmys uh, agree since he like one lead actor over and over again. But it doesn't mean anything. Not necessarily, but it is definitely. And I think the Emmys were very excited to have a, a real-life movie star uh, that they could uh, reward over and over again. And so I do think that it was a big deal when movie stars started moving to television. And now I, and now I think you'll, you'll probably get movies and TV stars, uh, like a lot of them, like really notable ones doing video games. And, the, and there already are a, a good number of them. But yeah, like when it comes to panels, Hall H panels specifically, people want to see stars and mm-hmm. the, and once once video games get that big that's I think when you will start to see them I don't know if it would ever like overrun Hall H but I guess if TV does now then you know but TV's not going away anytime soon that's what I hear you know <laughs> like it's uh, don't let <laughs> I know it seems like a passing fad <laughs> yeah. so I guess Game of Thrones is the other big Hall H staple that's not going to oh, yeah, be there because of uh, scheduling. Yeah, they're not, haven't even started shooting the next season, right? Or have No, they have. They have? Yeah, I uh, like I know like Amelia Clark and Maisie Williams just wrapped shooting and they oh, really? posted about it on Instagram and everything, so they, they have finished shooting, but it's not coming out until next year, so. Yeah, I, I assume because it's not coming out for like over a year or maybe a year. Uh, Is Westworld uh, going to be there? Yeah, like, I think so. Okay. I, let me check. I could have sworn I saw this. don't know. Oh, no. You know what? No, they're not. I don't think so. Because okay. no, they also not. just finished Cause, yeah. airing. Because I think HBO said they're not bringing anything because there's no Silicon Valley this year. Yeah. What else would they have uh, that they have brought before? I'm trying to think. 
Uh, oh well, I those are, those are the big ones I could I can think of. Um, so let me uh, let's. So last year when we did our Comic Con preview episode, it wound up being kind of a lar- like larger than just what's going to be at this Comic Con. And so I was curious, like Angie, what do you like about Comic Con? Like what what I mean, obviously there's the you have to go. What was it? Oh, David is pointing at himself. Okay, I see. I mean, that's why I would go uh, every year because I don't see him enough here. Um, but uh, but yeah, like obviously there's there. Yeah, you would have to go for professional reasons. But what what did you most what do you most enjoy about Comic Con? How has it changed for you over time? Uh, well. David's not wrong. You are one of my favorite things about Comic-Con. And, like, just Thank in you. general, Same. one of the... Oh, well, one of my... I mean, like, but just generally speaking, one of my favorite things is getting to see, like, those people that I only ever see at Comic-Con. And there's a lot of them. Like, mm. you know, other people who are in my industry but work in other cities that I only get to see once or twice a year. I'm always, yeah. like, thrilled to see them. And I feel like that's a boring answer because it just makes it sound like it's, I don't know, summer camp or something. Yeah, but that's I, I, I'm going to let you finish. But uh, I, I almost didn't go this year. Like, Tyler's not going this year. Uh, and one of the main reasons I was like, I can't do this is because... Yeah, of friends like we mentioned Ryan before, who lives in Portland. My friend Kate uh, Kolzik, who lives in Chicago. Like these are people that I see every year. Yeah. And it Moises was, occasionally shows uh, up. Yeah, I, I could go with that. I, I could go a year without seeing Moises. Um, <laughs> I enjoy him. <laughs> no, I'm, I obviously do too. I'm saying that small uh, as a joke. Um, but that was yeah, that was uh, one of the main reasons that I was like, all right, I'm at least going to go for a few days so I can see my friends. Yeah, and so I mean like I just the kind of like there is there is like so much exciting energy in being around large crowds of people who are really excited like I was just talking about Marvel and how they manage to get me really hyped every year in spite of myself I'll be like oh I don't care about the movies they're bringing this year like whatever but when you're in the room and everyone's like getting so pumped and they're just like drumming it up like you get like very like emotional so like that stuff like that is always kind of like you know you don't you don't get that everywhere I enjoy stuff like that too Um, I, I remember the year that um the Warner Brothers announced that they were doing Batman versus Superman. And at point, I think at that point I hadn't even watched Man of Steel, uh-huh. which had come out earlier in the year. I think that was 2013, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Uh, and they announced it, and I was like, "Wow!" I was like standing up with everyone else, like, "This is awesome!" And I was like, "I don't care." <laughs> but, but yeah, you do. But that's you one get of the fun things it. about yeah. it. Yeah, like yeah. there's there's just so much like hype and energy and just like excitement and like people who are really excited and passionate and like happy about things, and that's like that itself is fun it can be kind of overwhelming which is one of the reasons i didn't have a good time the first time when it's just like so much to take in um and you know as we all know not all fandoms are good all the time yeah but like just generally speaking you're around a bunch of people who are like very very excited and very very happy about this thing and yeah you get swept up in it it's i like that yeah i I think you've talked about the sort of you tyler have talked about the sort of sense of uh community or whatever like yeah um and we were talking about off mic before we started recording. We were talking about middle school because you guys had seen eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I talked about it not being until high school that I found the drama club and my fellow weirdos. And I don't really hang out with those types of like drama club type people anymore. <laughs> I know a few actor types, um, but that's kind of what Comic Con feels like to me. It's like I don't know you. When this weekend's over, I'm not going to talk to any of you yeah. uh, except for the people that I talk to online. But I mean, like, not the people that I'm in line with or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like. It's fun. It's like finding your tribe for a few days. Yeah, and and it's this is definitely a thing that I've I've talked about before, even though I myself didn't uh, witness it. Uh, but other people talked about it that 
I mean, for God's sake, it's a place where people were perfectly okay with with you know my little pony but then when twilight showed up this again many years ago and and people were like hey wait that's not comic-con it's like everything is comic-con honestly i saw a guy this was many years ago walking around it's charlie chaplin that's not super comic-con except that it is it's an excuse to indulge your nerdy sensibilities uh specifically in an artistic uh you know it's if you're a nerd about Sports that probably yeah, is not the place can, for you, but there's still, still find a booth with no with, question uh, about trading cards and sports yeah. figurines. Absolutely, if it's something that a lot of people are excited about, it's yeah, yeah it's you can, uh, you can Comic Con, and so and and that is something that I really enjoyed, and I do like that it's I can't tell you how tired I get of people. If I hear the word mom's basement one more time, <laughs> I know it's a term, not a word, uh-huh. but it's just what, what was I? I was watching something. The other day, where someone was making a large, just a sweeping generalization about guys who, oh, okay, I love Conan O'Brien. I think he's uh, delightful. I think I, he has a sensibility I really enjoy. But he, uh, when he's talking to nerds, and he does a thing called uh, Clueless Gamer, and he will play video games with his, like, his IT guy who knows everything about all of these games and the way that he that Conan O'Brien insults him often is very amusing but he will often go to that nerd well and I kind of want to be like yeah, these these types of jokes have an expiration date and I think it's past them yeah um, I don't think you can talk about like if Conan, somebody if Conan's IT guy is living in his mom's basement Conan needs to start paying his <laughs> IT guy yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't think it's nece- I don't think he necessarily says that but it's it's a uh it's something that that always bothered me that like oh if somebody's really into movies or really into comic books or really into video games like they they don't have a life and it's like well no this is they probably have a number of friends they probably have a job and this is their hobby like everybody else has yeah. i remember years ago uh we had the sklar brothers on and they're like big sports guys and they said yeah ours like how can people who pour over port, uh, sports statistics judge anybody mm-hmm. for their for their hobby and their weird uh, obsessions. And so I like that Comic-Con, it brings in male and female of various ra- uh, ages, various races, and it's very exciting. So I do apologize for the dinging that's happening outside. It's summertime, which means that the, this neighborhood's version of the ice cream man, which is... Uh, uh, literally, it's a Sunday truck. Uh, just drives along, and rather than have delightful music, it just rings this bell just often enough to drive you fucking insane. It's like ten o'clock at night. Who's going outside and eating ice cream? Uh, probably the oh. same people that choose to work on their car See, at about eleven p.m. You, uh, oh god! All right, two things. One, you obviously just haven't lived in Los Angeles long enough. It's it's always ice cream truck time. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I know in New York, it's the city that always goes to bed early. But you know, <laughs> but um, <laughs> no. But Tyler, for you, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna say I I love you, man. But just move to the country if you're gonna be. If you're gonna complain about your neighbors being noisy, you it's shouldn't. You shouldn't live in the city. Noisy. Here's the thing. There's, I feel like there's natural noise that comes with being in the city, but when somebody decides to, and and you know what, if somebody's working on their car, like on their property, 
I'm even a bit more forgiving of that. But like, I have my car parked on the street. It's 11, 11:30 p.m. Time to uh, time to break out the hammer and start just banging away. And it's just one of those things. Like, and cities do have sound ordinances. And also, you're on the public streets, and it's one of the seven or eight cars that you have that's on the street. Oh, so this I, is about as, one specific neighbor. I hate this person <laughs> yeah. so much. Yeah, <laughs> stupid hat. Um, Maybe he'll go to Comic Con and find his tribe there of people who may, like to work on cars at 11 p.m. Absolutely. It's not my place to judge him there. If uh-huh. he goes to Comic Con, we are brothers in arms. <laughs> Here, he can go straight to hell. I'm sorry. Um, yes. Uh, right. Oh, so. on a more, on a less like kind of profound level, one of my other favorite things about Comic Con is like seeing people who are like cosplaying doing really mundane things. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. one of my favorite memories is like sitting in like a hotel couch and it was like 3 a.m. and I was like waiting for a cab to like go to the airport or whatever. And there was just like Thor and Captain America sitting and like texting. And I was like, that's, that's funny. Yeah. My favorite thing is that this is not from San Diego Comic-Con, but it was when I went to New York Comic-Con once and I was like on the com- Comic-Con floor and there was a guy dressed up as the Joker talking on the phone and it sounded like he was like getting dumped by his girlfriend. Oh, no. <laughs> so he was like, he's like dressed up in full costume and he's like having a very emotional conversation on the phone oh. about and like, I, I'm really sorry to laugh at this guy's pain <laughs> and if you're listening, I'm so sorry. Head. But also it was just like, well, this is surreal. This is one of those only at Comic-Con moments. Yeah. And it's definitely one of those moments where the character he's dressed up, up as would not be responding this way. Like, uh-huh. if that's the Joker was so broken up with, yeah. Yeah, he'd just be like, oh, no, that's, well, time to move on you and, see, I, and murder someone. Yeah, you see so many, like, superheroes and, like, you know, hobbits and Khaleesi's and whatever, just, like, texting, standing in line for, like, nachos. It's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, just standing in line, period, is funny when it's yeah, cool. Yeah, you're just like, you're like, it's like Wonder Woman, and she's just like standing in line for Starbucks. Yeah. And you're just like, aw, the superheroes yeah. are I, just like I us. I remember my first Comic-Con seeing a guy in a really great Predator costume. The guy looked like he was eight foot tall, mm-hmm. and he was just walking over to McCormick and Schmicks. Apparently had a, I don't know, had dinner reservations, maybe some seafood <laughs> or something. Uh, and it was, uh, I was like, I'm coming back. See, isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. it really is. All right, uh, what else is going on at this year's Comic-Con? Yeah, sorry. Uh, now, Tyler, you aren't going. I'm not. Um, but uh, you didn't have a badge this year anyway because you didn't bother to apply for one, right? Yeah, I kind of forgot. And uh, yeah. partially because there was the potential that I was going to be on a on a panel. And then in the end, it wound up not mattering because I have to work. But. Um, but there's lots and lots of stuff to do if you're not at Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you, uh, I imagine, Angie, that you have, because you have to cover stuff, you don't get to go to a lot of the activations of the off-sites, the off-site stuff. Is that right? Um, it depends. Like, I have gone and can go to some of them, and some of them, you you know, if it's tied into a big property that we're covering for work or something, sometimes it's it's worth it to go sure. check it out. Um, yeah. But that's become a big part of Comic-Con, because um, yes. my, wife, my wife is coming down with me. She doesn't have a badge. She's like, oh, I'll just hang out. And I'm like, there's so much stuff that you can yeah. do. Although now it's going to be, I don't know if you know, it's going to be more difficult this year because this year you can't even go up to the convention center without your badge. Mm. So if you wanted to get over to like where the adult swim stuff is, whatever, you have to take the pedestrian bridge oh. by the Bayfront Hilton because now that whole part where the shuttles normally drop yeah. off is going to be all walkway. They're closing Harbor Boulevard and the shuttles are going to drop you off if you're coming from Hotel Circle or whatever 
on Harbor Boulevard. Then you have to walk uh, up to the convention center. Hmm. I don't know if it's a security reason or what, but it's, I mean, it's going to be great for leaving the convention center after Hall H because when everyone comes out of Hall H and is trying to cram on yeah. the four feet of sidewalk and yeah. there's this, all this empty area where the shuttles are and security guys being like, don't walk on the, which I would, I would as much as I could get away with. No. Because I, I, again, I love Comic-Con, but um, any chance I can get to ignore the security people, I will because, uh, and I don't even think they're, I don't think any individual security person at Comic-Con is bad at their job. I think it's very poorly organized. Mm-hmm. Um, it's shockingly poorly organized. Yeah. Every year they're like, this year we're doing the haulage line different and it's going to go great. And every year everyone's very confused and it's yeah. not better. It's yeah, just, by, by everyone it's you just mean like the people running the line way. are confused. The people the, running the line are confused. The people who like, I've had to stand in that line and like, I've, there's a lot of years where we've been like, wait, so what's happening this year? We have to wait in line for wristbands, but it's a different line that you have to get into later to like get into the thing and it's all and they're and they're claiming like it's gonna go smoothly this yeah. is to like help you guys and we're like it's no yeah you ask three different security people at comic-con the same question you will get three different mm-hmm. answers um, i remember you and i uh, angie we had the first same su- the same first sundance mm-hmm. and we were talking with this at sundance like i can't believe how well informed and helpful these volunteers <laughs> are sundance volunteers are the best i mean i will like in their defense like the comic-con like the people helping out like i do not think it is it is their fault they all seem like they're trying their hardest they're yeah, you know no trying to corral like them. thousands of nerds and get them out of the street so that they don't get hit by cars and then people like you walk you know where the cars are anyway yeah um so i'm very sympathetic to them but yes it's just you would think for for a convention that's that big that's been going on that long it would just be better organized in general so a couple years ago i went to uh, a thing called Desert Trip in uh, Palm Springs. Also known as Old Cella, I think. Also known as Old Cella. <laughs> uh, it was two weekends, uh, but it was the same performers both weekends. Uh, it was uh, Bob Dylan, Rolling Stones, Neil Young, Paul McCartney, The Who, and Roger Waters. So, I mean, it was pretty. It was a pretty amazing few days. Uh, and there were 80,000 people there. And so I went with my wife and her brother and we were among the younger people there and we like the the bathrooms they had were amazing and just the the restaurant options and we were just like wow this place is really well organized and that's when and i i was at the one of the merch booths and there was a guy who like yes he had a ponytail but it was gray hair pulled into a ponytail like and and he was speaking in a way that suggested, oh, yeah, you're not the young hippie anymore. You probably have had your like you're probably a businessman at this point. <laughs> and like he was he was upset and he was using the word ridiculous, you know, <laughs> as as middle aged white people do. Um, yeah, that is a suburban parent. Right. Complaining at footlocker word. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, and he was, he was frustrating. He was frustrated that the line was taking so long. And I was just like, I'll bet were this a, were this actually like Coachella or something like that. Everyone's just happy to be there. So like, Hey, is the line taking a while? Well, hey, what are you going to do? But snap some more pics for the gram. That's what you're going to do. I don't. Oh yes. Got it. It took it, I was like, are you speaking English? I can't tell. But, uh, but that's the thing is like this crowd, they're older. They're paying a lot more. They're you. They will make us make a scene if things don't go their way. And so it's like, okay, we need to step this up and we need to make sure these bathrooms are very good and air conditioned. Um, 
And along those lines, I would say that, yeah, I'm not surprised Sundance is very well organized because you have just a ton of industry people who, if things don't go their way, oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and you will hear, the manager will hear of this. Yeah. Yeah, so, good point. So as opposed to Comic-Con, I think everyone's just happy to be there and they're not going to put up a stink. They'll be like, no, this is probably my fault if I, if you don't know where I'm supposed to go. So what I'm hearing is if um, I want to have a good Comic-Con experience next year, I should spend a lot of this year saying the word ridiculous at yeah. people. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll work on this that. This is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> sir, sir, you're acting ridiculous right now. Okay. You have to say it like that. So... Um, uh, Why are you working on your car so late? This is ridiculous. <laughs> That's who you've become. Well, first off, I've always been this. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, it's just like, can we all just be quiet, please? <laughs> uh, uh, I was going to say something about Comic-Con. Oh, yeah, so Comic-Con. The, yeah, right, people the thing we're here to discuss. Sorry. <laughs> the people attending, I think they will put up with a lot. It's almost, almost counterintuitive. It's so hard to get to Comic-Con. And I think, I think sometimes we take it for granted because we don't have to pay for our passes or whatever. But it's so, so hard to get to Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. It's so expensive that, you, on the one hand, you'd think, well, they should be demanding the absolute best because they've spent half of their yeah. yearly income just to get here and, and, and buy a gigantic Lego you know, Infinity Gauntlet or whatever uh, for $700 or whatever. Um but it's almost the opposite. It's like they went through the hell of getting here and they're just happy to be it. Like no, you said, no they're question. just happy to be there Yeah, because they know they're one of the lucky, they're one of the 6% of people. Yeah. People, if you are buying Comic-Con badges on like as a normal attendee, you have like a 6% chance of all the people trying to actually yeah. get a badge. And there are 150,000 people at Comic-Con. Yeah. So that's 6%. I mean, I get there's press and industry stuff, but like, yeah, it's, it's insane how many people want to go. And so if you, if you actually make it there, you will do anything. It's like, yeah. do you have literal hoops you want me to jump through? I'll do it. <laughs> it's no problem. Yeah. All right. Well, did we cover Comic-Con, you guys? I think so. Is there anything else we're looking forward to this year? I feel like I'm having trouble looking forward to stuff. There's, uh, because even the, a lot of it is, you know, Marvel's not there. Uh, I don't really keep up with the, the DC movies except for Wonder Woman. I like that one. Um, but then even like the, the other studios, like Fox is bringing the predator, which I don't really care that much about. It's Shane black. I mean, he's writing and directing and I assume I, I would hope he would be on the panel, which means it would probably be kind of entertaining. Yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, yeah, he is an entertaining uh, guy. Um, I saw him at a panel at uh, Pitch Fest here mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, which is uh, for aspiring screenwriters, uh, which you probably also have a 6% or lower chance of getting it sure, sure. Um, here in Los Angeles. But it was right after Iron Man 3 came out and he did a panel and uh, was... Um, uh, I would say delightfully not humble about how successful Iron Man three was. Yeah. He's very Shane Blackish about it. Yeah. You know, or someone who's, who's introduced as being the director of the number one film in the country. And he was like the world. <laughs> 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 um, uh, but yeah, I guess I, I have a, I don't like, uh, I don't care for sequels to movies if I haven't seen all of them. Sure. And I've only ever, the only predator movie I've ever seen is predator. I never saw predator two, never saw predators. And I never saw either AVP movie. Um, that's alien versus predator. Yeah. And alien versus predator requiem. Yes. Yes. Those are the two movies. Requiem uh, seems like such a, 
like it's an, it's an alien versus predator movie. What, what are you doing? But yes, no, I, I know uh, what you mean. So yeah, even that, and then like Sony has a panel, but they haven't announced that they're bringing. I'm sure. I'm people, guessing Spider-Man. I was gonna say you yeah. probably know. Well, well yeah, they did. I don't know offhand, but I'm, I'm I would guess that the animated Spider-Man movie will be it's there, and that looks really good. That's what I hear. So Venom. Venom is uh, Venom will probably be there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah that too. Okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, I do know that uh, something for myself in the past. Uh, some of my favorite things in Comic Con have been when I arrive early for a panel I want to go to, and I so I wind up yeah. just is like, oh, this panel is kind of fun. I never would have gone to it otherwise, but boy, everyone here sure seems excited. Um, that's that's fun, or just like something that looks. I, I'm. Let's stick with six percent. I'm six percent interested, but it's what's what's happening right now, and I can get into it. And uh, and it winds up being a, a really fun, like oddly academic discussion. And those are usually. I think I've I've found that yes, like seeing celebrities are fun, but for the most part, I think I like the more academic things. Yeah. If I didn't have to go to Comic Con for work, like that's right. exactly the kind of like I end up because I go for work, I end up doing a lot of like Hall H and like Barroom Twenty and stuff like mm. that. But if it like if I were just picking for myself, I would end up going to all of the academic ones, the ones that sound like they're like college courses or whatever, yeah. like that, that would be my jam. I went to um the most contentious panel I've ever been into, not not just on the panel, but between the panel and the audience. Oh wow. Was a panel about the price of digital comics. Oh uh, and it was I was there, I was I remember I was waiting for the panel for the um the web series husbands i remember that jane espenson hmm. uh created um and it was just happened to be before and i was like holy shit people are up in arms about how much online like digital comics cost uh that was a whole panel yeah yeah wow well so they didn't just like throw out a number and like anyway panel over <laughs> bye everyone yeah. uh five dollars what do we think <laughs> <laughs> No, you don't ask them what they think. You were just like, it's $5. Okay, uh, yeah, there we see go. you next con. <laughs> yeah, you guys are not going to uh, impact this at all. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was one that I went to, and it was one of the best things ever. And it wasn't, I guess you could say it was academic, but it wasn't even really that. It was, there's uh, this person who's a therapist, uh, and then there was another person who's a teacher, and they were talking about incorporating comics into uh dealing with troubled children and using comics, uh, both heroes and villains to, uh, so the kids had something they could relate to because many of them had, you know, some kind of mental problem that made them feel so different than everybody else. And often meant that they had extreme reactions to things that made them feel particularly different. But then they look at, at, you know, Batman who, has extreme reactions to things <laughs> and they say like they say like that makes sense to me or uh, and a number of them would look at like somebody like Magneto and say everything he's saying sounds spot on to me this guy's the villain uh, but that wouldn't make them feel bad frankly they were just happy that someone somewhere knew what they were feeling and it was so touching in a way and it's the kind of thing that to go back to what I was complaining about earlier um, when people talk about like oh comic book nerds or movie nerds or whatever and just and downplaying that like oh this can't you don't have a life and it's like well look at what these things can do for people it, it can actually give them life or some kind of sense of community and that panel was so of course I mean it wasn't full at all 
there were like maybe 35, 40 people in the audience. And, uh, that was maybe like a third full, but it was a shame because to me, again, I'm getting lofty now. Like that is so much more the spirit of Comic-Con than, Hey, look at all these celebrities. And I recognize, of course, it's all Comic-Con, but that to me is why Comic-Con is special, uh, for me, um, is the acknowledgement that this is, this runs deeper than just, Hey, pop culture. And we all like it, but that's me being once again, kind of lofty. I like it. Yeah. What I'm trying to figure out if they're doing, cause you're mentioning smaller, uh, panels, um, one of my favorite smaller movie panels every year is the Bold Voices of Contemporary Horror. Oh, panel. who do they got? Um, and I'm trying to f- figure out if they're doing one this year because I don't remember seeing it, but I kind of, I did go through the schedule kind of quickly because I'm not going to be there that long this year. So um, I'm not sure if they're doing one this year, but that's always a fun time. But I was thinking about it when uh, when I was talking about um, panels that have gotten contentious because I can't remember if it was last year or if it was 2016. Um the panel ended up being, I think it was 2016. The panel was all white men. Mm. And so there were people in the, uh, the, the digital comics one. Uh, no, this is the bold voices of contemporary oh, horror. Oh, okay. It's like horror directors. And so there were uh, a couple of people in the, during the Q and a who were like, Hey, I noticed this. And, um, it, so it became kind of, uh, kind of contentious there too, but in a, in a respectful way. I liked, I liked that. Um, and, uh, their answer was basically like, uh, uh, we had a couple of people drop off <laughs> the panel who were supposed sure. to be on the panel who couldn't be here. Uh, but speaking of horror this year, there's a, 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 a panel for the Purge television show. All right. Where, which I, uh, um, and I think you, Angie, saw a commercial for in the middle of the credits for the first Purge. Yeah, where there would have been like a end credit scene in a Marvel movie, the first end credit scene, there was instead a really long ad for the new TV show. What do you think about that? Uh, about the weird. ad or about, about the, the purge? fact that it's there? Uh, it was a little odd, but yeah. like, I mean, ultimately, that's what most end credit scenes are. Like, they're just usually true. packaged better. Like, you know, when you watch like a when you're watching a Marvel movie and they have the end credit scene, like usually at least one of them is essentially just an ad for the next one. Yeah. But they do. But because they show you a scene rather than just like a something that's cut together like an ad, it, it doesn't feel as like jarring. Yeah, I'm not used to seeing the USA Network logo in the middle yeah. of <laughs> in the middle of a of a Marvel uh, scene. Like they don't put like the ABC TV logo, uh, but that's because Marvel film does wants nothing to do with Marvel TV, which is always weird to me. Um, and that's not what it was for a while. Like the Netflix series were, think, were no, going to be a part of it. And I think the Marvel TV people want to be thought of as part of the MCU. Mm. The MCU side of things has no interest. Isn't that's, it because there's impression. like a, isn't it because there's like the, the like respective leadership don't get along? Oh, I don't know. That sounds right. Hmm. I don't know. That's what I, I could see that being the case. Yes. Uh, but I do remember like when, when the Marvel cinematic universe was being a thing, their whole pitch was like, everything's connected. Yeah. The shows yeah. are connected. Yeah. The movies are connected. Agents of shield is like also like, you know, it's all part of the same universe. And like, Right now, it's more of a, you can't technically disprove that we're all part of the same yeah. universe. Like, they don't do things that, like, yeah. directly contradict each other, but they mostly just stay very far out of each other's way. Yeah. Um, like, on the Netflix shows, they will reference, like, the Battle of New York and that sort of thing. They'll reference, like, big hammers and giant green guys Weirdly, and stuff like they, that. like, don't say the names of the yeah, heroes crazy, a lot. Yeah. Like, she'll be... She'll, like, oh. 
Sorry. It's okay. Something. Um, like, I remember there's an episode of Jessica Jones where she referred to, like, you know, I'm not a flag waver. And she was, like, talking about Captain America. And I was like, I mean, like, if you're in that universe, wouldn't you just say Captain America? Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Get, I mean, I see why you don't want to because you don't, like, you know, that's you reference, like, a bigger name. And then everyone's like, is he going to show up or is this a thing right. or whatever? But huh. it yeah. is it is kind of distracting and odd. Yeah. Um, there is a bold voice of contemporary horror uh, okay. this year. I don't recognize the names. It does seem like it's a good gender mix okay. from what I'm guessing by the names. Uh, but it's moderated by Jenny Motto of uh, the Times. She's oh. always, always, a, always fun uh, moderator. Um, okay, other stuff on the schedule this year that I wrote down. I forgot I had written stuff down. There's uh, a 2001 A Space Odyssey 50th anniversary panel. Oh, that sounds cool. That's on Thursday. I'm not going to be there on Thursday. Um, there's a panel called You're Wrong, Leonard Moulton, which I'm guessing is just uh, oh, okay. telling Leonard Moulton he's wrong. There's, of course, Tyler, I can't believe you must be so sad you're going to miss the 1988 Greatest Geek Year Ever. I was going to ask about that. <laughs> um, that uh, so, okay, so Angie, so you, I mean, obviously you cover like Hall H and Ballroom 20, like the big stuff. So does that mean that you don't get the opportunity to go to... You know, David was talking about the horror panel, and obviously there's like the was it girls who kick ass or something like women that. who kick ass. Women who, uh, women who kick ass <laughs> is in Hall H, okay. so I end yeah. up I don't go to it so much as sit through it because I'm trying to be at part of the panel or like yeah. there for the panel before and after. But I, I tend to watch it every year because it's like in the big room. Okay, it's always. I mean, I haven't been to Hall H in years, so I haven't seen one in years, but. Uh, it's always a good conversation, it seems like. They're usually fun. I mean, like, you know, uh, to your point, like, some, sometimes a lot of the panels that I end up enjoying are ones that I just yeah. accidentally stumble into or, right. like, I'm sitting through the way for some, or something else. Like, I remember one year um, we, I was with, when I was still at Slash Film, like, the team was sitting through the Big Bang Theory panel because we're waiting for, like, the next thing. And none of them liked the show. Some of them actively hated it. I, like, I, you know, I, I don't mind it, whatever. But, like, that panel was so fun just because, like, you know, yeah. everyone was very charismatic and whatnot. And then the and then on the flip side, sometimes there are panels that you love, like, whatever it's going to be about. So you uh -huh. think it's going to be good. And then it's awful. Yeah. Like, I remember the year George R. R. Martin moderated the Game of Thrones panel. It was just the most awkward shit I've ever seen. It was horrible. I was not there. Thank God. Uh, yeah, it's for the best. I could see that. Like, uh, maybe just go back to writing. Don't talk. Go back um, to writing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't seem to be writing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I haven't Who read knows? any of them. But uh, have you gone any to any of the? What is it? Geek magazine, right? That presents. Yeah, I went to one at WonderCon, not at right. Comic Con, but it's the same deal. Yeah. So every year there is a panel brought to you by Geek Magazine. Uh, that looks back 30 years to the movie year that was. So, like, this year, obviously, they're going to be looking to 1988. Die Hard. Die Hard. Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit yeah. is, is a big one. Um, obviously, they're going to talk about The Last Temptation of Christ. Um, <laughs> I'm being sarcastic, of course. That's a real movie. Um, <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> By which I mean it's not a genre film, and that's and that. And of course, it's, yeah. yeah, Die Hard's great. Yes, uh, as is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But it really is. But that's the thing is like it's I I get suckered into going every year because I'm excited to hear them talk about that particular year, and then they bring the most vapid uh, commentary that to movies that I like, and it's like you could swap out these panels for anybody in the audience, and it would be better. It is. 
astonishing. And one thing that I'm kind of bummed about, because I didn't go to WonderCon this year, and I'm bummed that I won't get to go to the 1988 panel <laughs> to and just get ang- so angry <laughs> as I do every year and wonder oh, why did I do this to myself. And uh, because there is a, a very specific brand of, you know, online or YouTube or just general geek commentary that just completely skims the surface. It might go one layer down, but it is just completely, I'm reluctant to say this, worthless, just Mm -hmm. absolutely worthless. It's like relentlessly positive, like a, you know, like a, uh, like a talking dead type thing. Is it just, um, or is it people being like, did you know Die Hard is a Christmas movie? (gasps) What? I bet that's shocking. It is it's partially that sometimes when they're when like the word the word awesome gets said a lot or sucks you know uh, and it's and it's all the it like you brought up the diehard Christmas thing we all know it we all have said it for many, many decades at this point for thirty and yet, years and yet some people think they're being very edgy uh, or uh-huh. very uh, in front you know that they they're ahead of everybody else um, but yeah so whatever the opinion is now. That's what they will do. Like I went to 2013, so they were talking about 1983, and they were talking about Return of the Jedi. Okay, all right. And yes, of course, the prequels have kind of made Return of the Jedi look better, but everyone said like, like yeah, Return of the Jedi, boy, what a disappointment. Like, what are you talking about? Everybody loved Return of the Jedi at the time, and you're not any older than me. And I loved Return of the Jedi because... Jabba's Palace, and they're like, oh, Ewoks, can you imagine? It's like, yeah, kids loved the Ewoks at the time. We don't necessarily like them now, but now that everybody is older and we look back and realize that the Ewoks were just a very pandering type of thing, now we don't like it, but don't act like you were this hip five-year-old who hated the Ewoks. You (laughs) loved the Ewoks like everybody else did. Do other people also hate this panel, or is it just maybe a part of Comic-Con that's not for you? I think... Um, it's probably I think a lot of just, like it. I think a lot of people like it, but again, in the same way that I will say that this panel is utterly worthless, I'll say that those people are wrong. They're wrong to like it, <laughs> and they shouldn't go. This but is I'm the glad spirit of positivity and community that you like to bring to, <laughs> to San Diego Comic Con. I'm not attending this year. Uh, <laughs> but um, to change the subject, actually, because mm-hmm. I thought of something I wanted to ask about about covering Comic Con, because we. We don't really do. We do the podcasts. Sometimes I'll do updates, you know. But our our readership doesn't uh, is probably already going to yeah. uh, to read Angie's site or whatever. Um, uh, but I have uh, there's there's been a, a, a something that's come up in recent recent years with other people that's come up, like for me. I'll give an example because I'm not doing Hall H, but. I like to go to the Shout Factory slash Scream Factory panel every year, mm-hmm. in which every year they announce a ton of shit. So in theory, it's a very news-generating panel. But also, the second they announce it, they're like they're tweeting. The second they announce it at the panel, the Shout Factory Twitter has announced it. So even if I'm just trying to, on Twitter, say like, hey, guess what? Shout Factory, they've already had their tweet locked and loaded like there yeah. it, it it seems so difficult to cover comic-con because how do you get a scoop um i mean you're you're right like that's that's a big uh i think that that's i think that's sorry now for some reason it just 
my brain just stopped working for a second. Yeah, it's because the air conditioner came on. Yeah, <laughs> it seemed be to happen yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been I pumping mean, gas in here. Is that weird? <laughs> Sorry about that. I do think that that's uh, like a. It's it's one of the reasons why like you would think you know anything that comes out of Comic Con is going to be like really big and do really well like in terms of traffic and everyone's going to be you know like all our readers are going to be really excited but you're right like the problem for a lot of it is that by the time you're able to even like load the CMS to like type in like oh here's a thing that just happened they've they've already tweeted out people have already tweeted out like photos and video and whatnot and it is one of the challenges there are some there are some things that are kind of like for example marvel we were talking about marvel earlier and that's a good example where like they'll have footage that is actually exclusive to the panel and like things like that are you know like things like that i'm like well i'm glad i'm here because otherwise i wouldn't i wouldn't know about this or i wouldn't really get a good sense of it or whatever and you know there's there is a difference to like being there where you can like feel like what the energy is like on the ground versus like trying to piece it together from back home but yeah if it's just if it's like you know if if uh warner brothers announces man of steel 2 or something yeah that's just gonna be that's just Especially gonna be warner online because yeah yeah i remember was it two years ago so 2016 um uh, Warner had the the full Wonder Woman trailer online within 30 seconds of showing it at the panel because I didn't go to the panel and I watched the Wonder Woman trailer on my phone at a bar. <laughs> you know. Uh, Do you remember the year that they uh, they showed the Suicide Squad trailer and then they, it wasn't supposed to go online, but it immediately went online oh, and then they like that. released it afterward or something like that. I think that's okay. what happened. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So um, like I think because like. Unless you're like you have to be very very strict about not getting that footage out there, and like Marvel has managed to get away with it better than others. But yeah, like even if, even when they're not trying to release the footage, a lot of that will just get out. Yeah. Um, okay. We, we we should wrap up. But another, uh, another topic. Uh, I don't know how much we're going to get into this, but uh, Chris Hardwick is usually a big person at Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, a big deal, and he will not be there this year. Uh, any thoughts? I'm not surprised. I mean, <laughs> like the first, like once I saw that story come out, I was like, well, I guess Comic-Con is going to take a, a big blow. Uh, yeah, well, they're, they're, I mean, obviously nothing affects Comic-Con. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, I, they'll be fine. I mean, Comic-Con uh, will be fine. Uh, it'll like, it'll, it'll move on. I like, as someone who has been to Hall H so many times, like, was he good at his job? Yeah. Like, was he good at moderating panels? Yeah. He had one of those jobs where you don't you don't think it's hard until you see other people do it, try to do it, and they're always, like, much worse okay. than him at it. So, like, sure, he's good. Is he so good that I'm like, oh, man, I'm so sad he's yeah. not going to be there. I'm going to miss him so much. What a, what a loss for Comic-Con. No, he's not. Like, it's, yeah. it's fine. Comic-Con will be fine. I look forward to whoever they get on to do. I mean, he's... Like, yes, he's good at his job. He's not the only person that can do the job or the only person who can do it well. I look forward to finding out who else is going to be there instead. Uh, me too. Apparently, Yvette Nicole Brown is uh, hey, doing right. the... Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, one of the panels that he was supposed to do. So that, that sounds great. I like right. her. Um, yeah, I've... Uh, I mean, I've never been a big uh, big fan, so um, uh, I'm not going to miss the, the, the presence. But um, uh, I don't know. I guess I bring it up because as much as we... I guess mostly like Comic Con. We've mostly said positive things, mm -hmm. uh, except for this geek panel in the security. Get it out, get it out of there! No, no, uh, no, no. keep it. Uh, yeah, I, I need something to fight against. <laughs> um, they have been, unlike other comic book conventions uh, that are cosplay heavy, 
Comic-Con has sometimes been slow to react to like, you know, um, to, to, to posting sort of like, uh, rules of conduct, like code of codes mm-hmm. of conduct. Um, because yeah, people who cosplay women who cosplay, especially, uh, it's often unpleasant for them. I know from, uh, you know, firsthand experience cause I'm not that, but, uh, from friends experiences. Um, and, uh, I, I don't. I don't know. Comic Con is so popular that will. That, I mean, we joke about it. You know, only six percent. Like they can do whatever they want. But uh, would there ever? Like, will there ever be a backlash about about Comic Con not handling something? Something, or is it? Is it too big to, to to take down in that way? I think. Yeah. I, I think uh, people will continue going, and as much as I will fight against the idea of the mom's basement thing. Uh-huh. I will say that it is a group that is that when it comes to not everyone of course, but like you will find some level of social awkwardness uh, from time to time. Like uh, there have been times when I like have been standing in line and I've overheard conversations that made me want to get out of line and go to bed. Yeah. Uh, because it's so awkward, like sometimes between strangers, sometimes between f- friends, uh-huh. and and we all have those moments. But like, I remember the time a guy stepped on the guy in the face with the pencil. Yeah, that was <laughs> still one of my really awkward at Comic Con. I was in the room. Yeah. Love that positivity. Yeah, but yeah, so it's uh, so I do think that there's people who maybe when faced with certain things, they don't necessarily know how to react and they might think that oh okay well so and so is dressing this way so they must want some level of attention which might be true again some level of attention but not but they don't know but this person doesn't necessarily know how far to go or in complimenting or wanting a photo or something like that so well, that's I, a, a good rule for people who need to know. Always ask first before taking a photo of yeah. someone uh, in cosplay. That's yeah. basic, uh, uh, basic conduct. I always ask. act very. I always ask very apologetically when I need to take a photo of a Riddler. Um, which you need to. Which I need to. Yeah. You know who's going to cover Riddler, Riddler watch while I'm while I'm gone this year, David? Uh, I assume no. you're going to pick up the baton. <laughs> nope. I've never once taken a picture of a cosplayer. Mm. Uh, because I think I just wanted to exist in my mind. I, I kind of want Comic Con sure. to be this, uh, like this Brigadoon that just a- appears. I was like joking with my wife uh, just last night. She was like, because uh, she's never been to Canada, and she was like, "Are you going to, you going to Toronto?" And I've never been. I'm bummed you're going without me. And I was like, "Well, I'm not really going to Toronto. I'm going to a film festival. Like yeah. I've been to San Diego over a dozen times in my life. Yeah, I would say I've been to San Diego once. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, like going Comic-Con. to an airport." Uh, yeah, a yeah. little bit. I mean, it's it, like I have been there when it's not Comic Con, and it's just like, oh, it's it's just a completely different city. Yeah, one and time like, ever, I've been to San Diego without Comic Con. Yeah, like someone, and and also when you're at Comic Con, you're probably only exploring the area that's like right around exactly, the convention yeah. center too. San Diego's big. There's a lot of it's other stuff re- to do there, and you don't big. get to experience any of that. And then of course, even when you're you know, even when you go to like a restaurant that exists all the time or whatever, everyone's like dressed up in like they're like geeky t-shirts they have like the geeky decorations yeah. off so you're not getting like the experience of like what this place is usually oh, like yeah, even the menu's different the right. menu has you know uh, Thor on it or whatever mm-hmm. um, 
but yeah, if someone asked me, like, if someone was like, oh, you've been to San Diego a dozen times, what's there to do there? I'd be like, uh, go to the convention center. (laughs) (laughs) Might I recommend this geek magazine panel? (laughs) Pretty good. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. One time I was, they got the Batmobiles out on the lawn. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I have to assume they're there all the time. (laughs) Um, check out the pirate ship in the bay. Uh, uh, oh, that is there all the time, though. Is that actually uh, true? It's not. It's not always a pirate ship, but that, oh, okay. uh, that ship is famous. I forget oh, what okay. it's called. But that's what I mean. There's like always things like like the restaurants and bars in the convention center are always there. They're just right. completely different when it's yeah. not Comic Con. I know, but I do love. Uh, I kind of respect that on Friday and Saturday nights, some of the San Diego douchebag crowd still comes out to go to their bars. That because I feel like the gas lamp is really fun during Comic-Con. It's not the type of part of town that I would likely hang out in very much. Do you know what I mean? I don't, like, go... I don't go to, the like, the Third Street Promenade for nightlife. Do you know what I mean? That's true. Um, yeah. Uh, like, uh, and so I, uh, I, do, I do find it funny that the, that the, the regular bar and club uh, douche crowd still... Still you powers to, through. You have to <laughs> admire their commitment. Yeah, exactly. On the one hand, they you know it. Like, as someone who's like there for Comic Con and visiting it, like, sure, they can be obnoxious. On the other hand, like, good for them. It's their city. Yeah, we're the yeah. invading forces. Like, they're just like, no, we're gonna carry on and just live our lives and fuck these nerds. And yeah, okay, sure, that's your right. Yeah, exactly. You should call them townies. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, also, uh, last thing I wanted to mention: there's a Deadpool two panel. I looked up, like, yep. what's in the Marvel slot? And it's a panel for a movie that already came out. I kind of love that, actually. I wish they would do that more often. I, mean, I, I, I guess it's fun. I they're what promoting is the, the home video release. I guess. Right? But, yeah. I mean, who other than I mean, people like us had, buy Blu-rays anymore? Well, but and, but the movie hasn't, didn't come out that long ago. Like, I don't think it's out on Blu-ray yet, or it won't be for probably like two or three more months. Uh, I don't know. The stuff turns around. The window is closing all true. the time. But they're doing... So Wait, they're doing a when did it come out? It came out in May, right? Like April or May, I think. April or May. Okay, so... So it'll probably be out in like, what, like a month? Yeah. Two months? Yeah, maybe. Plus, yeah. they're also doing... So in addition to having a panel they're also doing a screening of the like uncut version oh, or whatever sure. which okay. I'm sure will be on the blu-ray and I'm sure that's okay, so yeah that's I guess that's what they're promoting but yeah no I I, I like the idea I wish they would do that more often where they bring people but I mean obviously if the movie is a big bomb then that's just going to be a sad thing but uh, but something that's really popular and having people come out and just tell stories about behind the scenes that people have already seen I think would be fun well, that's kind of for years until they changed that when it aired what the Game of Thrones panel was mm. because the Game of Thrones panel would always be for like the first like five seasons was always right after the season had ended. And so they didn't really have anything to talk about with the new season that they were like maybe just filming or maybe hadn't even started filming yet. And it would be just like a victory lap where they talked about the season yeah. that just aired. And I think that's kind of neat because it is, you, you can you can great speak, for fans. Yeah, like you can speak in spoilers everything's fine like if they were to talk about like Deadpool 2 they could talk about certain characters that they were hiding before the film came out and then now you can talk about it I like the idea of it but I also get why if you're a studio you're just like well I'm not getting any more money out of these people now like you know why would I fly in all these movie stars from all around the world to like go to this thing so that people can not shell out again for a product they already bought so yeah eh. 
but maybe it'll be a fun panel. If I don't know, I'm not going on. I never saw a Deadpool. Movie. I mean, it's Deadpool. I'm sure it'll be wacky and hilarious. Irreverent, right? Cheeky. Cheeky. Fourth yeah. wall breaking. Yeah. I'm so tired. Pushing the envelope. <laughs> really gonna push I don't the even, envelope. To, to be clear, it's not like I'm even like, I hate Deadpool. Just <laughs> thinking about all of this, I'm like, I'm, I'm tired. Well, uh, that maybe is a good, uh, uh, Angie's tired, um, so maybe it's a good Okay, now you're up. making me sound like a baby that needs to get Angie's mad. No, I'm going to go all night. Come on, ask me another question. Angie's got to put a little nightcap on and get to bed. I hate you. Um, <laughs> But not before snuff out the candles and all that yeah. sort of thing. But then first she's got to like pull in the laundry from the line outside her right, tenement absolutely. building and yell, throw on, open the window and yell at the neighbors to keep it down. Shut up! Why don't you? What am I, Tyler? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, a great ending point. Uh, you can find us at battleshipretention.com. That's where there's. Uh, let's see. This week there's reviews of skyscraper. There's reviews of what did I? Uh, you had said eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Um, is 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 there? We got uh, some home video reviews and uh, uh, Alex's Criterion Prediction podcast or podcast uh, column. We've got uh, West's Musical Notation podcast. We about, had a busy about, week. The, about the Simpsons this week. Which yeah, is a lot music of fun. from the Simpsons was great. Yeah, so the, uh, we had a busy week of Battleship Retention. All kinds of fun stuff to find there. You can email us at David at BattleshipRetention.com or Tyler at BattleshipRetention.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at Davy Pretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Tyler, real quick, you have another podcast and website. It's called morethanonelesson.com. Right. Yes. Uh, what can people find there? Uh, let's see. This week we have uh, an episode about Avengers Infinity War, uh, which the conversation was, took an odd turn, by which I mean, like, we wound up focusing on one particular theme, or rather one, one particular complaint that people have about the film, and talk about it for a while. Um, it sounds and fun, so, actually. Yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was very, very interesting. Angie, where can people find you on the internet? You can find my writing at Mashable.com, and you can find me on Twitter at AJHAN. Thank you so much for finally being on the podcast. Uh, I had to wait for you to make your first ever journey out right. to. Yeah, <laughs> you, like, you had to wait for me yeah. to move from New York yeah. to L.A. so that you could immediately come to make here the and... Trek. Yeah. Like Lois, like Lois, yeah. Lewis and Clark, or like Lois and Clark, um, to fight off dysentery. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, on your way out. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. The uh, you didn't get downer partied, which is great. Yeah, um, you don't know. I didn't tell you about the, <laughs> <laughs> about the trip. That's true. Um, well, I uh, I hope you uh, um, I hope you give a chance to our humble city. Yeah, out here. I know we're no New York. We're not. You know, the city that never sleeps. We don't have right. the Great White Way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, all right. Uh, thank you so much, Angie. And Thanks for having me on. Thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.